Captain, we have them. We've established Transporter Lock, the Star Trek podcast. Join Ken and Sabriel each week as they explore strange new episodes, seek out new plots and new characters, and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Welcome to Transporter Lock. I'm your Captain Sabriel Mastin. And as always, when I'm here, sometimes I'm joined by Chief Engineer Ken Gagney. Hello, Ken. Hello, Sabriel. I am here to connect all the systems of the Starship and make sure they're working correctly. I'm here to connect you and me to talk about Star Trek. And I'm here to connect all our listeners who want to hear more about Star Trek Picard Season 3. I hope we die quick. <laughs> it's the, you know, at least you're optimistic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... We're here to talk about Surrender and Vox. Uh, you know what? I've been in such a... It's been a week for me. Has there been any Star Trek news? Um, I know they were hyping up this day, this uh, Frontier Day or whatever like that on, on the socials. And it seems like all amounted to be is some theaters get an IMAX presentation of the final episode of Star Trek Picard. I'm like... But they made it seem like it's going to be this huge deal. I'm like, okay, uh, that floundered. <laughs> wow, I had not heard that. I know that they were talking about how like April 13th or 14th uh, was going to change Star Trek history. And they listed some other years in which that date was yeah, prominent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot uh, about I, that. I didn't bother looking up what happened on those dates in the future. I know it wasn't First Contact Day, but I think we got a little bit of a hint of what they were in Episode Nine Vox. Uh, if you want to talk about other Star Trek news, then there is a role-playing game coming out based on yes. Star Trek Lower Decks. And when I say role-playing game, I mean tabletop role-playing game, not like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. It's a 240-page full-color uh, campaign guide. And yeah, I haven't read all the news. I'll include a link in the show notes. I... I you know, I am not the tabletop role-playing gamer on this podcast. That would be you, Sabriel. Is this something that mm -hmm. intrigues, uh, excites, or interests uh, you? Yeah, I've always wanted to play Star Trek Adventures, but I've never had a group of people who would be interested, so I never really invested into it. I think I got a free thing off Humble Bundle a couple of years ago, but um, no, so we need to have lower decks. I apparently, um, uh, Jonathan Frakes talked about um, what it was like having, he didn't give me spoilers, just have a uh, uh, what it was like to have uh, to do the episode of Lower Decks going on to Strange New Worlds that's coming up he said we've we lucked out that the two actors look just like their characters so <laughs> yeah we've talked a little bit a while ago about how there was going to be some sort of a crossover mm -hmm. and whether Strange New Worlds was going to get animated or Lower Decks was going to get uh, corporealized I guess might be the word uh but yeah, I, I hadn't heard any more news about that. But Strange no. New Worlds, do we have a start date for season two? You know what? We do. However, we do. Uh, stall for me, please. Talk about your the news and weather, please. I was pretty sure we got a date. June 15th. We got, yeah, because we got, uh, what was it? June 15th? Yep. Cool. Because we got uh, the character art. Oh. I hadn't Instead seen that. Them in front of, it's them in front of a rainbow or rainbow colored. I'll send you the link nice. so the viewers can watch you click a link. No, no, I'm kidding. But um, the viewers in an audio podcast. But um, no, they're, they're starting to tease the strange new world is what I'm getting at, really. Um, even though it's a few months away still. 
when I started watching the latest episode of Star Trek, you know, usually they show promos for Strange New World. So even though I'm paying for the premium version of Paramount Plus, I still get commercials for house ads and the like. And this one was a new one. It showed very Strange New World's uh, characters like number one, Spock, Uhura, and Pike. And it, they were basically like bullet timing them as they were just standing there. And it seemed kind of objectifying like they were action figures oh. and I, I, it was not effective in my opinion. Um, that would be weird. I don't, <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't an effective advertisement in my opinion, but I'm still going to watch strange new worlds. I love strange new worlds and I'm excited to hear that June 15th is when it'll be back on the air because that means that we have like a six week break be- between the final episode ever of Picard and the continuing adventures of the USS enterprise. Yeah, the first, the first good times, one. good times. I was thinking A, B, C, or D. Or E, or... or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about these episodes. We have, uh, yes. let's, let's go in order. Okay, uh, uh, Surrender. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you like a two bullet point summary of Surrender for those <laughs> listening at home. Uh, one is that they recovered data, uh, the actual... Uh, personality not just the body and secondly is they retook the titan from the changelings so there there is the episode (laughs) effing you are solids that was so good what a great (laughs) line i know we've talked about the right and wrong times to use the f word in star trek lore that was a great moment to use that was perfect time uh so yeah uh that was a wonderful scene um getting rid of attic but man um that was i had seen the preview for that episode and the preview was the sounds of all the lower decker people um getting shot chased by the changelings shot Mastered. at um and i'm like oh this is gonna be those sounds were chilling just in the preview and then it was in the episode and just like ouch um we lose um our vulcan um was it to no Tavine. Tavine. yeah uh just vatic was so evil here yeah um she plays such a good villain do you know why that vulcan was bald uh is there is there a canon or non-canon reason she's a quarter delton oh on her mother's side yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) because vulcans usually have that bowl cut and they're like we we should have a reason why this one doesn't so uh this character this actor just uh made it up and now it's canon oh that's cool that's cool yeah so a little tie into the motion picture there. I really had no clue how they were going to get the ship back. I mean, we got we got um, Captain Shaw beat the crap out of. We've got the bridge crew, guns pointed their head. Like, how are they going to get out of this? That, that was keeping me like in suspense. I wasn't sure how it was going to be. I figure like Data, something Data Jordy. Um, but I wasn't sure how it was going to play out. But I thought that was just fascinating uh, how evil she is. Like that actress is so good. Yeah, it's... And of course, you know she's evil because she smokes cigarettes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, just, like, just like Rios. Oh, but he's not evil. He, just, he smokes cigars. Oh, well, that's okay then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when um, Jack showed up on the bridge with that uh, thermal detonator, uh, I was like, oh, that's right out of Return of the Star Jedi. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting that the computer I d- said it was an unidentified device. So I wonder... That must have come from his ship, not from the Enterprise weaponry or the arsenal. And yet, uh, Vedic couldn't 
use the computer to scan it and figure out, oh, that's not a weapon. That's a shield device. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but that was uh, clever of Jack too, the little sh- personal shield. <laughs> I, I like this. We have an ev- we have an evacuation emergency system where it just takes the view screen apart and just ejects everything to wherever it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming I'll... you don't usually put that, turn that on in space. Well, in Lower Decks, there was that episode at the end of season two where they had no atmosphere and they all had their suits on and uh, they could act. Mm-hmm. They actually removed the view screen so they could see what that's was right, in front right. of them. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. I'm assuming that is the precedent for what we saw in Picard. Mm-hmm. That's fun to see the turning cannon. Yeah. Uh, animated stuff. Uh, we had um, we had Riker. We had the Rikers aboard uh, the Shrike, which we thought was a beautiful scene between Marina and um, uh, Jonathan Frakes here. Uh, their romantic moments. They're pining over each other. Their sweetness to each other. Uh, him calling her Imzadi. She's like, I really should have taught you more words. <laughs> <laughs> After all these years. Yes. <laughs> Um, how they both actually hate Nepenthe or whatever the planet is called, not Nepenthe, but um, no, not the ice prison planet. Not, not the ice. But, no, no, but I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. That's Rora Pente. Uh, <laughs> Nepenthe is from uh, Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Um, uh-huh. Really, it's not from Star Trek. No, I thought it was. It was in Star Wars recently. Um, oh wait, no, um, Nepenthe was the name of an episode of Picard. That's no, that is where they live. Okay, that I was is, right. I was right. Okay. Yeah, Riker and Troy live on Nepenthe. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, how they both hate that planet, and they're only staying there. And it was just a sweet moment of seeing William talk about like the adventure that he's been on and how it's changed him, and kind of like uh, he's happy to be back with Deanna. Yeah, and Deanna really acknowledging her mistake about you can't skip to the end of healing. I was mm-hmm. surprised to hear that she essentially suppressed his grief over their son's death. Not the she decided to do that but that she could because on the last episode of transporter lock i recorded with dana we talked about uh, mental powers and how they are either push or pull and historically deanna has been pull she can read other people she can't influence or change other people but i presume that there are exceptions for your imzadi when you have a very close connection for example in encounter at farpoint we saw her projecting her thoughts to riker like they were right. telepathically right. communicating. So that's the precedent right there. This has been done before between the two of them specifically and not any others. I got a kick out of, um, she talks about how the changeling came down pretending to be him and the charm here. He's like, um, what was the line? Good in bed, bad at pizza. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's an oversight, but you know, in my head canon, I would love to see, that scene where changeling Riker shows up at Nepenthe and Deanna, like her, her face just falls like without Riker even saying a word, she knows right away. That's not him because you know, she said like, even though she can't read changelings, the absence of emotion is still informative. Uh So she may not have changeling, but knowing that something's up. Yeah. The fact that she can't read her Imzadi would be a dead giveaway. Really need to teach him more words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then Worf shows up. Yeah. I was surprised by that because we saw a brief establishing shot of what appeared to be a cloaked shuttle. And there's no explanation given for that. Like, I, I would have been thrilled and satisfied 
uh, with the ex explanation if it were the Defiant, because we saw the Defiant at the museum, the Athen Museum. Uh, Dana and I talked last week about if you need a cloaking device, you don't need to steal it from the Romulan Warbird from the one with the whales. You just take the Defiant, which has a cloaking device, although we don't know if the Romulan Empire took it back. But yeah, apparently Rafi and Worf just happened to have a cloaked shuttle and we <laughs> never saw it before or since. Uh, section 31, something, something. I don't know, stole it from them. <laughs> sure. They went to Daystrom. Maybe they stole a cloaking device when nobody was looking. Who knows? <laughs> you know, Worf has definitely been the comedic relief this season. Every scene he's got, even in Vox, the next episode, he's always got some kind of quip and everyone's like, oh, Worf, <laughs> basically. What, what do you think about that? I think it's great. He's always been the comic relief. I mean, this is the first time we've ever seen... Once he, when he was on TNG, he rarely actually got to beat anybody up. He was always uses the characters like, "Whoa, someone beat up Worf. This person's strong," or or the captain. I recommend we shoot them. And Picard's like, "No." Uh, that <laughs> basically, order. Uh, yeah, every single time. Uh, and now we actually get to see him actually stab, stab, kill, be the warrior. And he got to do that bit of that on DS Nine, but it's cool to see that here too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also much more verbose, like mm -hmm. talking to Deanna about in the many years since I oh have my seen God. you, I've thought of you often. And Riker's like, inappropriate. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Is this a rescue mission or a continuation of the torture? Because like they didn't, ha uh, someone pointed out that they, they didn't really have any lines together since like TNG, like even the movies, maybe a little here and there, but they really had, they never really had any scenes together after the show ended. Nothing seriously. You know, just now, as you and I are talking, I realize I need to go back and rewatch that scene because I forgot that by the end of TNG, Worf and Deanna were a couple. Exactly. I yeah. completely, I mean, that was such a trivial subplot that, as you said, never came up again because he eventually hooked up with Jadzia mm -hmm. that I just forgot about that. So now I want to go back and rewatch. It makes Riker's comment about inappropriate much more uh, logical. Okay. <laughs> I get it now. Um, <laughs> oh, <worth it. laughs> well, I'm glad I could help with that context. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jack finds out. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Jack, Jack starts controlling people again, uh, trying to get onto the bridge, doing his little red eye shift thing, getting people to push buttons subtly, not too subtle. Um, we're once again teased like we're doing the discovery pacing of what's going on just watch one more week <laughs> yeah, i mean how many times did we hear vatic say i know what you really are and don't you want I'm to find out what's behind that red door and i'm about to tell you and then all oh, someone goes in the bridge or oh there's yeah. a hail or, or oh i'm hungry or oh <laughs> stay tuned next week I made a joke to the Shar. I said, like, episode one of the season, Jack sees a door. Episode two, he, his fingers twitch, thinking about seeing it, looking at the door. Episode three, he lifts his hand up an inch, thinking about the door. Episode four, we look at the door again. Like, like it's just that pace. It, it's so frustrating. Like, yes. <laughs> no, I completely agree. And at this point, we're, since we're talking about episode eight and not episode nine, we don't know what's behind the door. Yeah. But did you have any theories at this point in the season? What was behind the door? Up to there, I was like, maybe Borg. Borg makes sense. There's the only villain, that repeating villain that Picard really had. Like, Next Gen didn't really have a lot of repeating villains. Like DS9 had Dukat, uh, Kai Win, and things like that. And Dumar. But, um, anyway, you, I mean, they had a whole bunch of them. 
TNG really didn't. Uh, then Borg and um, Moriarty. And Q. And Q. And so Q's dead, or yep. whatever, his, his version of dead. Moriarty, which I thought was going to be a bigger part of this, that was part of my hypothesis that I, um, that I didn't get to talk about, was I thought he was going to be a bigger part. He was like 15 seconds. Uh, he was part of the previews. I was so excited for you to see. I thought he was going to play this huge, massive part, and it was a total red herring. I need to go. I haven't watched any of the previews. I need to, after the season is over, go back and watch all of them. My hypothesis was, uh, so the shot was, um, something, something, Moriarty is back. Something, something, we need to figure out how to get data back. We have to use lore because data's dead. And we have to figure out lore, you know, something, something, because it's a Sherlock uh, data was the reason why Moriarty's back. And something, something, I thought it was going to be Moriarty was our arch villain. And the who has grown who was kept away in that super secret AI layer that's in uh, Lower Decks, and now he's escaped. I thought it was going to be plot and puzzles and all this stuff, and that was not what the season was at all. <laughs> yeah, because we know Days from Institute, as you just said, is where evil AIs go to sleep. Uh-huh. We also know that Moriarty ended in TNG in a little cube, thinking uh-huh. he was exploring the real world when he was just in a simulation. So presumably that cube ended up at Daystrom. Yeah, when he showed up, I was like, oh, the Daystrom Institute has that cube and they can deploy Moriarty and maybe he's smart enough to deploy himself. I thought he got away. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, since I didn't see the preview, I didn't have all those theories. But when he showed up, I definitely thought not that he was going to be a major villain, but that, I mean, it it turned out it wasn't even Moriarty. Riker said, this is not the Moriarty we knew. It's just a projection. So that was a little disappointing i mean yeah. it was it was cool fan service i don't regret mm-hmm. it but it wasn't everything it could have been it was quickly falling that theory was quickly falling apart though because like i couldn't figure out how that connected the jack at all yeah and the change lanes etc yeah yeah and so that was quickly fall- but changelings and borg still doesn't make sense to me not gonna lie but we can get a minute but yeah my theory is basically either that i mean borg was i couldn't turn off borg like i couldn't mm. uh push it away but i was starting to feel like i actually had this thought last week before i knew what was going on like, wait, if it's the Borg, it can't be the Borg because they would have cured Picard's syndrome thing when they mm. assimilated him. And so it couldn't be the Borg. Uh, and now they've retconned it so they're cause of his little syndrome thing. But um, mm. uh, they put it in him. So that was my logic out of what I knew. Like, it couldn't be them. Others was like, paw race, but that doesn't make sense because it's a DS9 villain, not a TNG villain. But so are the I mean, changelings. We had changelings, but I mean... They, yeah, that was like, but that's why I was like, well, that doesn't necessarily fit. But Paul Race had no connection to TNG. The Dominion War had a tiny bit to TNG in the movies. Like, uh, it was just so. Paul Race still never felt strong to me, even if that's. Yeah. Now, see, as the season went on, the Paul Race seemed more likely to me, especially after episode eight, because. We saw Jack not just having red eyes like Jake Sisko did, but controlling people like the Pavrates controlled Sisko and the red door. I'm like, that mm-hmm. could be the, you know, they had their own wormhole, a red wormhole, I, I think in the books at least. Yeah. And so I thought maybe that door is symbolic of the a gateway to the celestial temple. That's the entrance, the doorway to the Pavrates celestial temple. Yeah. Uh, so, like even when Jack was looking for the board queen, I thought, is he going to show up at the wormhole? Mm, that was oh. the last hint of maybe the power race, but it didn't happen for me. So, 
But it would have made sense to me because the changelings and the paw wraiths were both villains on DS9. They had a common yeah. enemy. And so for them to team up actually, in a way, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, but I think it would make more sense in a DS9 movie or show. It would just make more sense there. But I suppose. Uh, but we're never going to get a DS9 movie. Nope. No, we got we got uh, Kira and Quark on lower decks. <laughs> yeah. And also the Borg never showed up on Deep Space Nine. Not Only once. the first episode in flashbacks. Yep. And just like the changelings never showed up on TNG or Voyager or Enterprise mm-hmm. or almost anything else except for one episode of Discovery. So I, I don't know. The, some of my favorite stories, not just in Star Trek, but in general, are when you take two things that seem disconnected and you tie them together. Oh, that's like, like any any superhero show, really, right? I suppose, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it happens. So, uh, I, so, you know, again, just as you and I are talking about this and I'm processing it, the more we talk about it, the more disappointed I am that it's not the pot race. <laughs> I loved Deep Space Nine, so I would like to see more of it. Right. Um, uh, Jack still, like, what is it? My head, uh, but, um, Deanna, I'm going to read your mind and we just go to do this together. And of course we end the show with them. Oh, we're going to open the door. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which Shaw's, is where the next oh. episode picks up. Go on. Yeah. Shaw still calls seven Annika here. Handsome. Um, yeah. Um, I'm scrolling through here. Um, cause well, we we still yeah. need to talk about how they brought data back. Oh, that's right. That was that was that got me. That got yeah. me. Yeah. How about you? How about you? I didn't know what was going on there. Uh, mm-hmm. As Dana and I talked about, I think it's a little frustrating that when Data's body was first revealed a few episodes ago, they said how it has uh, Data, Lore, B four, and Lol. Uh huh. And we even saw some manifestation of B4 when he was first activated. But then they retconned it and said, oh, B4 and Soong are just data files. They haven't mentioned LOL at all. So it just comes down to data and lore. And I think LOL is a fan favorite. you know. And she uh-huh. lived such a short, beautiful, tragic life. And to know that there are some of her still there was something I wanted to see more of. So right. I'm, a little, I'm a little disappointed that she really isn't beyond that one episode. But we did get to see the data lore fight for the first time since Descent Part 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was... I thought it was a great scene. I wasn't sure what data was up to exactly. Because, uh, of course, we get the drama of like, oh, no, the red the red meter is filling up and the blue meter is going away. Um, Data's giving up. Data's not even trying. This looks like surrender. Um, very dramatic. But then um, it was sweet seeing like, it was the Sherlock hat. And then actually we see the Tasha Yar statue uh, giving that. And then it's like, Spot! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did give up Spot? Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I thought sincerely that Data was going to slash die or lose. And that lore would emerge from that battle. But he would be changed. You know, and he would say, fine, Picard, I'll help you. But only out of spite for my brother mm-hmm. or something you know oh see not one second did i think laura was gonna win i just didn't know how data was well i guess i guess what i'm saying is Lore was going to win but he would be more data like uh-huh. you know and yeah so i guess i didn't have the optimism that you did 
Um, we spit Vatic out into space. She turns into a bunch of, oh yeah, yeah, go for it. When Data won, though, he said that I, I determined the flaw in your logic, and by I knew you'd only see my memories as trophies, but by accepting them into you, you became me. And on one hand, I, I love the elegance of that. It is clever. Uh, I really liked it. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, memory and identity are two different things, and we know that from the trill. When you accept a symbiote into your body, you don't become the symbiote. You contribute to it. You are st- you, your personality is separate from your memories. Mm-hmm. And so f- for the idea that Data's memories would entirely wipe out the lore persona uh, seems inconsistent with that. And of course, you know, we're talking 100% organics versus positronic. So there is a margin for error there, but. I don't know. What do you think? You felt that you felt a difference between the the what they're trying to tell you. For me, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, that didn't resonate at all. I just like okay, I'll just accept it. <laughs> do you think that since Jordy said Data's ethical and moral subroutines would not allow him to kill anybody under any reason, you know, barring that episode about he who has the most toys? Yeah. But do you think that Data killed Lore? I guess in that sense, you, one could argue that. I don't. This is a deeper thing. You should have asked me like a week ago so I could think about it. Was Lore ever there the, the whole time? It was shared body. Tuvik's problem here, right? Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> they're both in the same body. Um, Tuvix is dead. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that would also mean the, the com- combination of these two is dead. Not necessarily. No, it doesn't really. That analogy doesn't work then. I don't know. Hmm. What do you think? I think if we accept that Laura is dead, then the argument Data could make that it would be consistent with his moral and ethical subroutine is that Lore killed himself. You know, Lore could have easily not accepted those trophies, and then he would have won, and that and he would be all that's left. So Lore so, defeated himself. Yeah, that's the uh-huh. only thing I can think of that makes sense. And I really liked their final hug. <laughs> uh, goodbye, brother. Yeah. The fact that even Lore said that, I don't know. I I see two different messages in Lore saying goodbye, brother. One was defeat slash resignation, because he knew there was no coming back from this. And the other is that he had accepted some aspect of data into himself, and he was changed by that, and he was sad or sorry. Uh, I think there was probably some remorse in there, not just remorse that he'd been defeated, but remorse that, like Data said, uh, he said to his own brother, I've had everything and you've had nothing. So these things are now yours. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can totally see the remorse because he has the feelings and he could actually see like, oh, this is what it's like to get these gifts. I mean, yeah. I mean, Data said Spot taught me to love and now he's yours. And maybe Laura was learning to love in his last breath. Maybe there was some very swift redemption arc there. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's gone. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> It was a more conclusive ending than we saw in Descent, where he was simply turned off. So yeah, I do yeah. like that closure. I appreciate that. Um, anything more on that on those two? Well, Data can use contractions now. Yeah, Data, which he always could, even though uh, he always told us he couldn't. But there's plenty of uh, montages of him using it throughout the whole series. <sighs> <laughs> 
Even the I, first episode where they establish you can't use conjunctions, he does it a couple times. I need to go back and watch those because I missed it. <laughs> but as soon as he did it in this episode, I was like, even before Jordy said it, I was like, you used a contraction. <laughs> and see, I got me having like remembered all this. I completely forgot that, that was a thing. <laughs> um, it was like, Jordy, uh, the trouble, LeVar Burton getting the act, like, act, this, act the hell out of you know, missing his friend and working with his friend and that trauma. It was, that was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I like that moment they had when they were walking out of engineering, and Jordy said like how much I really missed you, and Data said I will always be grateful for your friendship. Uh, I wish one of them had used the word like I love you, man. Uh, <laughs> you know that would have been nice. Uh, and then they did something that I thought was very important for them to do, which was Picard went to Data and said, two seasons ago you wanted to die, and I helped you with that." Uh, I hope that us bringing you back now doesn't dishonor that disrespect that. Yeah. Uh, I like that too. I like that a lot too. Um, And he's like, yeah, I'm sure that data, that version of me is cool with it. (laughs) By the way, brief pause. I just got a warning from Zencaster. I've never seen saying that we've run out of time and that we can keep recording, but I won't be able to download the files until I upgrade my account. I'm now weird. Yeah, I think one problem might be that normally, like, we record an episode, I download the files, and then I archive that episode, that that Zencaster mm-hmm. session. And I have not been archiving our sessions. So I don't know if that's a contributing factor or if they have just changed what's available on the free model. But so I do have in the upper right corner, it says time remaining zero minutes, but okay. it is still recording. And so I think we're fine to continue this. Um. I don't think it would be a good Zencaster business model for them to cut you off mid podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so no action needed. I just want to give you a heads up of what I might be dealing with later. So that we're not surprised. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, we get to have a ready room scene. Yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, that was cool to see the game back together again. Um, it's not really their ship. <laughs> I think some people should be there that weren't, but it was good to see this crew back again, talking around the table again. I'd, that was my exact note that I brought to this podcast was Shaw, Seven, Rafi. They should all be there from an in-universe perspective. Like, uh-huh. I totally get as a viewer why they weren't. And I don't object is, to their absence. Yeah. But it's the same thing in season, or next episode, too. Happens again. Yeah, um, they, they work it into the narrative a bit better next time. But yeah, I was like, mm, I get it. I know this is Next Generation Season 8, but like... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, no, and you know, there are all these little nits that I pick out, and even as I do so, I'm okay with them. And this is one of them. Yeah, I'm like, it's fine. the The show is about them. There was a review I read of P- Picard season three before it even came out when they announced that all, the cast was being reunited, and one of the critics was saying like. You know, this isn't actually about the next generation. This isn't about Picard and his crew that he assembled in season one and two. In season three, we're just throwing all that away. All these characters we built, except maybe for like seven and yeah, Robbie. I think I even probably felt that way a bit too. Like Elnor. We got like Yeah. Uh and and Laris, I mean Yeah. Everybody gone. Yeah, and those were some cool characters, and I hope we see them again, but since this is the final season of Picard, I think it makes sense that they're bringing everybody back because season one focused on Picard 
and a lot of people we didn't know before. And I don't think that carried as well as they hoped. Yeah, in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially absolutely. now. Yeah, now that we've seen the arc of all three seasons, uh, which actually brings me back to Data. I want to ask you the same question I asked Dana, and maybe I've asked you this before, but you know, we just said how they acknowledge that Data, a version of Data, died two seasons ago. Do you? Th- and you've also pointed out something that I didn't know, which was seasons two and three were recorded back to back. Do you think they knew at the end of season one where they were going with this? Like, do you think they killed Data knowing they were going to bring him back? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe a hope. But at that point in the writing process, I'm sure it was a uh, see if we can get Brent Spiner back to play Data again. Yeah, we'll make it work. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't see him die. We just assumed he died. <laughs> yeah, but um, kind of thing. But yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think that was the original plan at the end of season one. And then COVID happened, and got more time to plan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, season one did do some things that are making season three possible, like moving Picard into a positronic body. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think they had a three-season arc in mind when they came into this. Right. Anything else about Surrender? Uh, Changelings. Uh, oh, Tupac! Or was that in the previous episode? That was the previous episode. It didn't open with Tupac scene. That was the next one. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. Yep, yep. It was before. It was before Vatic. Okay, so. All right. It was oh, good yeah. to see Tupac back. You you mentioned how uh, we we started talking with this episode about how Vatic was ejected into space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she shattered. That was cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, we we do know one thing we've already talked about. And it's in the next episode. So we know that Tim Russ is back because <laughs> t- uh, he said he tweeted, um, "I'm in two episodes." <laughs> like, oh, I didn't okay. know that. Okay. Uh, so, so when you say the next episode, you mean the final episode? There's only one left, so. Right. Uh, all we know is, in some capacity, he's back. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they teased when Seven was asking, what have you done with Tim Russ? <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> when we are done with him, you'll be wishing you were dead. So, yes. Okay, so it makes sense that they would tie up that thread. So that's cool. cool. We have no context. We have no clue what. Oh, that's what it was. He's watch- I was watching Ready Room. He's like, oh, no, no, he tweeted out. No, that's right. He was, t- he was, he was on Ready Room, which is cool. It was cool seeing that and talking about Voyager and here, but also like, yeah, he tweeted out like the day of the episode. I'm on again. <laughs> like, like, Awesome. I, maybe he doesn't even know that he might've been cut. <laughs> doesn't know oh, it. No. I mean, but he, maybe he filmed for two episodes. Who knows what we'll actually get. <laughs> I don't think they should have blown up the Shrike. I felt like that was potential intelligence that I know they've downloaded the database, but it seemed like they had cleared out everybody from the ship at that point. Yeah, that was that was their, their backup was yeah we downloaded everything onto our tricorder, which apparently <laughs> tricorders are amazing, right? <laughs> Infinite storage, and then oh, we forgot to talk about when Data took back the ship, and he said he was mm. your friendly neighborhood pissed off AI, which <laughs> I love. And I, 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 you know, again, this is a a nit, not an objection or a complaint, but there are these changelings running around the ship, as you said, massacring everybody. And then as soon as Data takes back the ship, Rafi finds the two changelings that don't have pistols and instead have swords and knives. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool. Like, so you wanted an, an action sequence for us. That's cool. Whatever. I did all my I did all my training to use this weaponry offset. Uh, damn it, I'm gonna use it. <laughs> right. You know, it's kinda like when you get Michelle Yeoh 
and mm-hmm. Discovery had these cool fight scenes where gravity fails and so she can run up walls and ceilings. And I'm like, yeah, if you have Michelle Yeoh, you make sure gravity fails. That's right. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about uh, Vox? Vox? Yeah. Um, a little fresher in the head. Um, you want to start us off? Oh, yeah. Sorry. So in this oh, yeah, I'm episode. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. I just threw it at you. You don't need to apologize. <laughs> uh, season three, episode nine. Uh, this is the episode where they figure out what is in Jack's head. And it's not the pot rates. It's the Borg. And the also Borg. they go to Frontier Day where the ships are integrated and have fleet formation and get taken over by the Borg. Surprise. I know. I wrote this to Char this morning. Like, I know changelings, all that. I'm like, Starfleet are complete morons. Discovery. Oh, and, and the writers love this thing. Discovery. We should probably talk about syncing everything together. Uh, lower decks. We went back to that well again. <laughs> and uh, Prodigy went to that well again. <laughs> yeah, like, this Here never doing goes it again. well. It never goes well. And uh, like, oh my god! Like, I know changelings, whatever, influencing their crap. But holy yeah. crap, Starfleet are idiots. <laughs> well, I gotta wonder if this was influenced by the finale of Picard season two because the the other Borg took uh, what what were we calling uh, like Halcyon Guardians something? What was the, that word? Gerardi's Borgs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, there was a word for them. Um, but Gerardi's Hel- Borg. Halcyon sounds right, but no, I'm wrong. Yeah, that's not it, but. Uh, so they took over the Starfleet fleet in order to project their shields yeah. and stop a galactic event. And maybe Starfleet went back to the drawing board and was like, you know what? That was actually a really good idea. No, we we should be able I to would, do that. I would believe that. But they set the seas for this already in season two because um, uh, it was commented that um, Stargazer was had a bunch of Borg tech. Mm. Uh, to help you uh, what's the word? connect everything. Mm. So the seats for this have already set in se- the start of season two. Mm. That's true. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, and this was against Jordy's objections. Yep. Yep. You know, you have um, one of the best engineers in the fleet and you don't listen to him. Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, our surprise guest star. Which one? I didn't know that was going to happen. Shelby. Yeah. Who's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone made a comment. Rip, Hugh, Echeb, Roe, Shelby, and Maddox. Don't be asked to come on Star Trek if you want to live, if you're a special guest star. <laughs> Except for, what's her name? Sonia, uh, who was in Lower Decks, who spilled coffee on Picard. But she, does she die on... Uh, oh, uh, live action was the implication here. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because Kira, Quark, Sonia, they're all alive. But Yeah. Wow, that's a good point. Uh, I, well, I hope Tim Russ is still alive. Yeah, so who knows if he's going to make it. <laughs> oh, dear. Seven, it has been an honor. It is very logical for you to rescue me. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> you I am a Shakespearean actor. <laughs> but, um, we did but, see a lot of ship names. Uh, I don't know if you paused and took a look at some of the ones I that were skimmed it. We got a Pulaski. We got a uh, Drexler who did all the starships. We got the uh, Akuda. We oh, got, I didn't see um, that. Yeah, they got a whole bunch of them in there. Little nods to a bunch of people who've worked on Star Trek over the decades. Yep. The t- the other two I picked out were the USS Cochrane for Zephyr Cochrane, mm-hmm. the inventor of the warp drive, and the USS Hikaru Sulu. Yes. We had an Excelsior, but that was a bigger plot point. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, uh, Shelby. It was cool to see her back. The scene where she's giving her little speech felt so awkward to me. She was, uh, we got to see the Enterprise F, which was awesome. Cool to see that. A huge, big scene. She's out there on the bridge of it, doing her thing, giving her a rousing speech. It felt so awkward because there was no buildup. It just started playing. And she's basically on this empty set. If they would have had like comms, like, like panels behind her or people walking, you know, if someone's standing, like attention, you know, like instead of her and one ensign, you could see his shoulder. Uh, that's it. Like she just said that she was in the middle of an empty room. Hmm. Uh, the bridge of the Enterprise F. And it felt that that part felt so awkward. So on one hand, I totally agree because this is the potentially the flagship of Starfleet and it should be very busy and active. On the other hand, when the commander in chief of the United States gives his state of the union address, it's just him, you know, it's just him in a desk and there's nobody in the background that you can see because you want the focus to be on the person giving the speech. There's windows, there's <laughs> carpeting, there's drapes, there's a desk. I did miss Here, the just carpet. a chair, her and someone's shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and also, even Riker pointed out the irony of Shelby you know, yeah. talking about, oh, we are now integrated, just like the Borg were. I mean, granted, <laughs> those were not her words, but uh-huh. uh, come on, people. you Learn from your mistakes. You have so much more history than we do in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Learn from it. Y- you live this, you know, like, like you live here. Uh, and and to even until to the end, I thought, is she a changeling? I was at 100% like. She's out here giving a speech and everything like that, but um, I wasn't I wasn't sold on that. Just uh, the possibility was there. That is possible. She's not now. We know now, but yeah, because she was shot dead. Oh, and uh, actually, brief aside: in the previous episode, we n- the show never raised the possibility that Deanna was a changeling. Like she was yeah. put in that cell with Riker for the purpose of extracting information from him, fooling him, and you know we know now that she's not a changeling. But it, it was weird that, oh, like, really? like you bring Riker onto a ship full of changelings and you expect that to believe him to believe that that's his wife. Like, really? Anyway, uh-huh. moving, moving back to Vox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and also, like, this has there ever been a Frontier Day? I mean, okay, this is 250 years since Captain Archer flew the Enterprise. Is, I mean, is this a new thing? And also, it's a new thing for this episode or this, this season. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have. Wasn't there? A, there was first contact day. You know, mm-hmm. there's Captain Picard day. You know, these are annual, very important events. But Frontier Day, and and I know that this has been raised in universe, and I'm not the first one to say this, but the tactical fallacy of having all your ships in one place makes no sense. No, no sense at all. No, uh- and, and once they have the fleet. Like they're they're in orbit over Earth, you know they're going to destroy that space station, okay? But then there's nothing to stop them from raining fire on San Francisco and just wiping out the entire planet. And I I'm going to be really hard pressed to understand why they don't do that in the next episode because I don't um, think they can stop them in time. Which is a, a funny aside. They go and go back to the museum, and I, I, the ships are all bearing down on on space station space lab one or whatever it's called. Uh, what is the name of that ship? Space station. The Athen Starbase One. Mm. Oh yes. Uh, uh, the ships are all bearing down on it, and they're like, "All right, let's go!" And now we can lollygag around a bit because uh, they're uh, the plot 
just paused back on Earth, I'm guessing, unless they're already in combat with it when you get back. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, we have time to, you know, run our hands along the wood and well, anyway, <laughs> the we'll, carpet. yeah, but I, actually, that's a reveal we haven't talked about yet. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, I so th- there were a couple of stories that I was reminded of in this mm-hmm. episode. One is a book I read a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a sci fi novel. And the TLDR is a uh, computer engineers uh, bioweapon to destroy 99% of the human population. Uh, 1% lives and defeats the computer, but the computer infects a one of the main characters who's pregnant. And in the last chapter, she gives birth, and the computer reveals that it's actually still alive inside the child. And it doesn't control or possess the child. It has no like autonomy over the child, but it is now a voice in the child's head. And that kid is going to grow up hearing that voice. And so if that voice is in you from the day you're born, how can you even distinguish it from your own thoughts? How do you know mm-hmm. where you end and it begins? And I have to, and that is kind of what I'm seeing with Jack. Like he's all he asked Picard, "How much of me is me?" And that's a great question. Yeah. It's terrifying to find out that oh, this everything I've ever thought in my own life might not have been my own thoughts. Right? Um that's a plot point that goes in different shows once in a while, either robots or brainwashing or anything like that, which I find fascinating. And the other story I was reminded of is, okay. I'm sorry. Was there something? Oh, else? oh, you just this was distracted or thinking. So I'm sure. I just, want okay. to make, I just want to make sure you said everything you want to. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Sorry. Thanks. The other story I was reminded of is the most recent star Wars trilogy where we have Ben Solo is potentially tainted by the dark side. And so the way Luke Skywalker decides to treat him and help him is by killing him. He goes to him in the middle of the night with a lightsaber and I'm, I'm going to stab you in the middle of the night. And Ben Solo wakes up and realizes, oh, my mentor is trying to kill me. I'm going to turn evil. You know, like Luke Skywalker created Kylo Ren with mm-hmm. that action. And Picard did the same thing here. He's like, okay, so I my son can control people Rather than teach him to use that power for good, I'm going to sick soldiers who he can control on him. Oh my him. god, I was like, <laughs> that was like, I was like, okay, um, misstep. <laughs> that I, I was, that one of the things I saw. Them, like, once he opened the door, like, oh well, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just if they had handled that situation with more love and grace, then they could have stopped all this from happening. But instead. Deanna's like, there are protocols. We have to treat your son like a bioweapon. And I'm like, uh-huh. how do you think your son's going to respond to that? He's, you know, he's stable right now. He's feeling pretty good. I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> and then he steals a shuttlecraft, gets away like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they watch him warp away and immediately Jordy comes on the intercom and says, we've tried tracking him, but we can't. And Bernard yeah, like, should have been like, he just, we just watched him leave. You're already giving direction. Up. Like, you, did you see which way he go? Like, open the window, send somebody downstairs to look out the window. <laughs> that felt weird. Like, it feels like, hmm, I feel like they intended there to be some time passage there, but they didn't show it to us. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was checking, like, are they, are they in the same room? Did I, mm-hmm. did I miss something? No, he was at the window and then he sat down. That's all that's happened here. <laughs> and then Data comes and puts his hand on his shoulder. Great. That was neat. Like, would you like to be? 
can I comfort you? I could, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jack shows up. Well, f- let me first say the Borg cube, the Borg at all uh-huh. have been villains what? in all three seasons of Picard. Yeah. All three. I'm like, why? Why? Is, is there another well we can go to? Moriarty, I'm telling you. <laughs> right? Or even the Power Wraiths. So I was disappointed by the lack of creativity in the villain. Uh, I, I think I may have missed something. So help me understand this. Mm-hmm. They, they need Jack because he's a transmitter. Okay, sure. And Oh, and by the way, the end credits. I love how every episode some symbology now makes sense. Like last week yeah. it was the data lore brain. This week it's the transmission diagram. Yeah. The little, the little diamond thing. Yeah. I've been wondering all, all season, when are we going to find out what that means? We'd finally did. Um, I'm still not clear why they needed Picard's body because, Oh, okay. No, I think I understand. I think I just have my timelines mixed up. So they actually stole the body quite a, a while ago and used that to modify the transporters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought they'd gotten the body more recently than that, but that doesn't make sense. Okay. So they've been every. So Roe was right when she took a shuttle over and she said, I don't trust the transporters. Mm-hmm. Although she was so old that it didn't matter. <laughs> right. But, yeah. uh, which also adds context to why Jack was seeing crap in the transporter a couple weeks ago. He went to the transporter room, he had vision of people in there turning red and eerie and creepy and that transporter chief was like hey you okay hey 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 oh yeah yeah and roe helped get all those people onto the other ship Uh so she inadvertently helped them get assimilated well by this time when you're in starfleet you beam so much it wasn't a recent thing that thing's been going on for a while so that's true this does really create a generational war because only people 25 and younger are being assimilated. Yeah, those Gen Z are going to get you. Uh, right. I, I thought. I think I feel like the transporter thing was a very clever way to get assimilated. I thought that was clever. Uh, even if I'm like, okay, Borgwell again. Okay. I thought that what they did was clever. I still, I have a lot. I have a very large list of unsolved threads that I care about uh, <laughs> to talk about in a few minutes. Um um but the borg part of it the borg and changeling community thing are part of it um that is the part i'm still trying to figure out how i mean we've only ever seen the borg create an alliance one time and that was with the uss voyager uh i don't understand how they came to a truce with the changelings i don't understand what's in it for the changelings other than the destruction of solids and how and how they don't think the borg just like a scorpion is going to turn on the changelings unless I've mentioned before on this podcast, there was a D space nine season eight novel where a Borg tried to assimilate a changeling. And it was like trying to assimilate the ocean. All the nanites just flowed. Changeling just flowed around the nanites. There was nothing for them to grab onto. So Uh, that's one of my unsolved like changelings. What do you think the end game is here? Once the uh, the Federation has been assimilated, they're going to come after you. (laughs) That was one of my, like, what's your end game? What are you getting out of this? Uh, they're still solids, yeah. but you were more against the Federation, not not necessarily solids in general. Let's see, Jack goes find a Borg queen. Alice Creed reprising her role. But we'll voice, get her voice only. Uh-huh. Why well, maybe next that? week that'll change. 
whatever yeah. reason this week going for the drama. Um, well, I guess we'll get an answer this week. I don't have an answer for you. Why? Drama. I mean, just like the door. Oh, oh, we can't show you what's behind the door. How did the changeling, um, how did Vedic even know that Jack was seen the, the door? door? Uh, we'll get that in my my unsolved threads here in a minute. But that's a good one. Anyway, that, how does she know that specific one? Does she see it too? Oh, Shaw, his death. I was like, wow, that was, no, like, if you would have told me two months ago that I would have loved this guy and I would have hated that he died, <laughs> I wouldn't believe you. I think this is, I saw this coming like episodes ago, but I still didn't want it to happen. I ended up liking Shaw for all his I, flaws. I wasn't sure he was going to die, but as soon as he got shot, I said to myself, this is where he calls her seven of nine. Yep. Yep. That was a given. Uh, yep. Uh, I was certain he was going to die uh, a few episodes ago. Like, he's got to go down with the ship. Seven's going to get captain. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it was so sad for me to see him die. I'm like, especially when he's like, get on there. I'm going to be the last one on here. I'm not. Yeah. Like, I don't have plot armor. You guys do. Go. <laughs> captain goes down with the ship. <laughs> uh, it made no sense that Seven stayed except to be captain. Or Rafi stayed. Same. I was just going <laughs> to say that. Uh, again, just like the round table in the previous episode, from a viewer's perspective, it makes sense that the TNG cast would be reunited by themselves. But what are Seven and Rafi expecting to accomplish back on the Titan? Uh-huh. Oh, man, it'd be so cool to see Seven on the bridge, too. <laughs> on, the, on the next-gen bridge. The yes. Bridge. Yes. But- and Worf and Rafi duking it out at security or mm-hmm. weapons or whatever. They both go for the panel and have a moment. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like um, uh, Captain America and Thor. No, you take the little one. I'll take the big one. Yes. Um, but no, they're gonna get. They're they're gonna fight together and have a get back, and their relationship will resume again. Uh, oh, I listened to No Man's Land over the last weekend. Uh, the little hour and a half um, audio novel. Oh, yes. I've been uh, wanting to listen to that. How was it? Yeah, that was a fun little story. That was a fun little story. And um, Fred Tresselor, who plays um, our Bajoran and Lower Decks and a million other things he does voice acting for, including Overwatch, um, he plays a bad guy in that. Oh, neat. So the guy who plays, uh, what's our Bajoran security officer's name in uh, Lower Decks? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm drawing on pl- Thrax, Trax, Shax, Shax. Shax. Yeah, go. yeah. Um, he plays him. He's in. He's in here too. So that's fun. fun to hear his voice again. So you got that on Audible? Uh, I got it on Google Books because I had a coupon there. But okay, yes, because I have four days of driving in mm-hmm. June, and that will give me plenty of time to listen to that. It's only like um, an hour and a half. So speaking of travel, again, quick aside, I am recording this podcast from Sydney, Australia, and I went on a tour yesterday, and they were pointing out a part of Sydney uh, known as Botany Bay. And I was like, Botany no, Bay? no, that's the eugenics war. No, don't go there. That's bad. Well, no, this is ship. It's not the eugenics. <laughs> I, I, yes, you're, yes. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I, I omitted some words there, but you can't have one without the other. No, 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 no. See, 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 but you can see what it's named after. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I just don't want to be- run into Benedict Cumberbatch. Although actually on the same tour, there was a photo of him on the same tour. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, we've had a lot of stars take this tour. Steve Wozniak, Alan Tudyk, uh, Ben Stiller, and Benedict Cumberbatch. I was like, oh, no. Well, you, gotta, you just got to go there and say, Botany Bay. <laughs> Botany Bay. I wasn't even there, but I remember this scene. 
Yeah, again, another scene where the next gen crew is having their little talk about the Borg when they have an ex Borg on the ship. Like, oh yeah, there's another moment where like seven very valuable person to have at this meeting, but nope, this is TNG season eight, so she doesn't get to be here. And you're a little like that. Come on, guys, come on. That's a good point. And also, how did the Borg take over the fleet formation? Like, I know how they took over the. The humans, because they now had Jack as a transmitter, but how did they take over the ships? Uh, probably were one of the changelings, I'm guessing. I mean, my, my logic was changelings, or they've had it all along, and they just let the Federation think that. I mean, mm. they've hidden a code in the transporter for who knows how long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of enemies to face in the final episode. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, so many unresolved things to go through in the next next episode, and it's the final it's a, episode ever. Yeah, it's the season. Uh, it's the series finale. Okay, the reveal. Yeah, yeah. So when they had Shelby on the Enterprise F, like clearly for us longtime fans, we're like, okay, the last one we saw was the E. Clearly, something happened to that, and clearly, in my opinion, they're mentioning the F for a reason. So they go back to the museum and Jordy says, I have a little surprise for you. And I was like, oh, they have the E. That's where it went. That's That's Okay, you really didn't think that. Interesting. You didn't? No, because I knew something. What you knew? Remember I mentioned a long time ago, Star Trek logs before Picard started. Okay. They mentioned how um, the Enterprise F was being commissioned or christened or whatever in Frontier Day. So I knew that was coming. Um, the Enterprise E, what happened to it is classified under the command of Worf. They didn't tell there either, and we still don't know. <laughs> it's not his and fault, though. The, right, and they talked about the D had been crash landed on uh the on Viridian. What what's Three. the number? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh. Yeah. So we knew that I knew the E was not going to be there. Hmm. See, I did not know that. I oh, and uh, Levar Burton spoiled this i didn't see the spoiler but i heard about it sadly he's like yeah we recreated <laughs> the bridge set <laughs> somewhere on instagram or something like that mm, okay wow so like yep cool <laughs> so i really can't ask you if you would have known it was coming if you hadn't seen those spoilers um i I watched this at 4.30 in the morning because I was having trouble sleeping. The spoiler was the last thing on my mind. So it was kind of a surprise still. Uh, even at this point, as they're getting closer, I'm like, come on. Like, okay, Actually, what I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what's in there. I'm pretty sure. But two, one part of me inside of me was just like, go take the NX-01. Go take the NX-01. Or go take Voyager. Go take Voyager. I know what he's got in there. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how, but I know what he's got in there. Completely forgetting the spoilers. Um, That's cool. And so when the doors open, like that's effing cool. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I and I remembered the spoiler once I saw it. Yeah, I did not have those spoilers, fortunately. And since I I had a very definite expectation that it was huh? going to be the E, and so since I had that in mind, I didn't bother considering alternatives because I thought I knew what was coming. And then the camera lights up and it says NCC-1701. And then the, another light lights up and it's the D. And I I think this makes the third time this season I literally screamed 
<laughs> and for the third time this season, I started crying, but this is the first time I've done both. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept crying for the rest of the scene. Uh, That's awesome. As you, as you previously mentioned, the rest of the plot paused while they mm-hmm. enjoyed the, the bridge. Part of me wondered how much of the Enterprise D they recreated. You just now implied that it was only the bridge and we won't be seeing the captain's quarters or ready room with Livingston or sick bay or anything else. I'd love to see. Uh, maybe we'll see the reading room. I don't know, but, but for the bridge, I think, I think assume the bridge, if you get any more cool surprise. Yeah. 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 I was not expecting this at all. Like, mm-hmm. I like, I knew that this is the season where they reunite the cast. And the only question I had was how do they, bring data back you know i really thought it was going to be alton soon standing in for Uh data but they actually brought data himself back and they found a way to do it that in my opinion makes sense and i thought the cast was complete it never occurred to me that the ship is a cast Uh member complete with the voice of major barrett that that's what got me hearing major barrett that's what got me yeah complete with the field demotion too (laughs) <laughs> that was fun <laughs> because of course they don't have her saying admiral picard uh-huh <sighs> um uh i love that i love getting the ship back that was cool make a comment about the carpet warp is like hey the e's got some really neat phasers it's cool i guess Show this some is respect neat. yeah um i love the idea that jordy's just been working on this in his garage <laughs> for a few few years no one knew um that that made me happy mm-hmm. <laughs> Although a short, a sort of like Theseus's ship, where if you replace all the parts, is it still his ship? They talked about that a little bit in WandaVision as well. But they actually did retrieve the dish, the saucer, from mm-hmm. Viridian. So they mentioned oh. how, yeah, like the, the the battle bridge and the nacelles and et cetera come from these other ships. But the part that we're actually going to be on, <laughs> the bridge, that is from viridian and of course they didn't keep the set in storage for 35 years they did have no, to no no they sold it. that years ago yeah just like uh, up in ticonderoga new york they're currently recreating it yeah uh they had to put those lines in there like what they're they're the the well, how they're rebuilding it because otherwise you would have had so many truckies sitting on there i don't understand how they got the saucer section and whatever like that and the Bottom one blew up when the Klingons used the exact same explosion from Star Trek Six as they did here. Uh, <laughs> it's no sense at all. They had to. They had to have a little character spend time telling how they did it. <laughs> you, you know who you sound like right now. Uh, me doing a nerd voice. <laughs> you sound like Justin Sheldon? Long from Galaxy Quest. Oh, <laughs> dear Reddit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Reddit. Not Reddit. <laughs> So at one point in this episode, Jordy says, we need to go rescue my daughters. And Data stops and says, no, we need a plan. And Jordy's like, I have just the thing. So they go back and they get this ship. And then they turn around and say, let's go back to the soul system. I was like, wait a minute. You missed the part where Data said you need to have a plan. <laughs> because you, you told Captain Shaw, let's go to the soul system. And even Riker says, and then what? Well, <laughs> you didn't think that through and it didn't go so well. And now you're doing the exact same thing again. Let's go to the soul system. And then what? Okay, you have a ship that won't be commandeered by the Borg, but you're still going to be facing an entire fleet. The ship and the ships and the people on them, uh-huh. ages uh-huh. 25 and under, 
are all assimilated. What are you going to do with the Enterprise D? I'm like, okay, you defeated one Borg cube back in the best of both worlds and look at what it costs you. What do you expect to do this time? And by the way, nobody's going to die. Shaw died because somebody had to die. But we're mm-hmm. not going to see any heroic sacrifices from war for Data or Jordy. Nobody is going to die. Hmm. That's my take. <laughs> I want to know why they think they need to d- d- destroy the starbase when there's going to be assimilated people there too. <laughs> True. That's a good point. But it is not as cool if you just hover over the planet. <laughs> I mean, I guess they just want to destroy any pockets of resistance. So or, yeah, or why? Uh, apparently, these kids cannot assimilate because they didn't. They, instead of shooting all the crew, they're killing all the crew. Well, also the ships are synchronized. The star mm-hmm. bases are not. We do we know that? It makes sense to me. I mean, they said the fleet like transmitter. Yeah, yeah but I, 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 I can go. I can go with your theory. I mean, I, I mean, no, I agree with you that the people on the starbase are assimilated. Uh-huh. But I, when they say the fleet is working in tandem, I don't no consider star, starbase is that. Yeah. I don't right. I don't consider a starbase to be part of a fleet. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, and apparently these kids can't assimilate. They're killing people left and right. Um. Okay. <laughs> just shooting Shelby at point blank. She deserved better. Even yeah. Shelby deserved better. Yeah. Jack talking to the queen. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what, how, I have no idea how it's going to resolve. And I'm like, there's one thing you didn't count on. I'm a Picard. And then it doesn't work. And he takes over the queen. I don't know. So I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I really hope this doesn't come down to somebody saying to Jack, you have to fight it. I know you're in there. Yeah. Because we, we already had Jordy saying that to data. We don't need Picard saying it to Jack. They had that saying to Gerardi last season. <laughs> oh, that's right. And she that's used right. the board queen in her head. Yeah. Ugh. I'm I'm disappointed. Uh, okay. So this episode, I'm not going to lie, kind of mid to me. There's a cool nostalgia moments, but overall, this episode should not be seen without the next one to go with it. It's missing too much. Too much. And here's my smallest of unresolved threads I care about. Disclaimer, there might be more. All right. Laris. We're going to see her again because she got her 10 seconds in the first episode of Don't Worry, Picard. I'll be waiting for you on Romulus Planet. And we're going to go see him go with, meet with her. Um, check that one off. Okay, we got um, Changelings after assimilation. What's your game plan? Are you just living in the present like me? Uh, Borg are going to come after you too. Um, uh, floating head that was talking to Vatic. Was that the Borg Queen? Sure doesn't look like a Borg. How is it controlling Vatic and her shape-shifting abilities from wherever it's talking about? For those who can't see, Sabriel is literally checking I'm out literally his awful list. She has, she has a thing. post-it note and a pencil. Uh-huh. Um, Tuvok. He's coming back. Uh, that's, that's that one. That's not really a big one. Um, and last one. At timestamp 2920, there is a lot of time, a lot of CGI was spent on some mysterious green thing sending out a pulse, big huge set of machinery, looked like it had a mega molecule in the center, um, pulsing everything that sent off the signal. Um, what is this thing? How do? What? <laughs> and I guess Seven and Rafi are going to get back together again. 
Is that it? Again. Yeah, that's my that's my list of things I care about. There might be more. Those are things I care about. Jack? I don't really care. <laughs> the daughters, they're maybe one of the maybe non actually blood related actor. Uh Jordy daughter will die, but Mika's not dying. Hmm. <laughs> but Mika plays the lesser of the two daughters in this season. Uh yeah, the, the Alondra Alondra Alondra. Sure. Alondra, yeah. So there was an episode of Voyager where uh-huh. a bunch of ex Borg had created a community mm-hmm. and they decided that there were too many factions within the community that were not working within the greater good. And so they created their own little collective with the help of Chakotay and a nearby derelict cube. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Jack was alluding to. He said, there's so much war and strife. If only people could realize that how connected we all are. And that voice in his head was saying, find us, connect us. And I thought whatever this power of Jack has, that it might be used for good. You know, in the last episode, this is another reason why I thought they were the power rates was Deanna was saying, there is an ancient evil voice that is not his. A great darkness surrounds him. And I was like, that sounds like the pot race to me, but it's the mm-hmm, board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it'd be neat if Jack could turn that around and use this power for good. That's how it's going to be. But what is that? Like, we know from discovery that 900 years from now, humanity is not all like we haven't formed a beneficial collective amongst ourselves. We're still all independent individuals. So what is the end game for Jack here? I don't know. Uh, and, oh, 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 and one more thing. Uh, several episodes ago, when Shaw was in 10 Ford with Picard, he said, forget all that crazy shit that happened on the Stargazer. The real Borg are still out there. Mm-hmm. And I loved two things about that. One, how dismissive he was of just the entire previous season. Mm-hmm. And also the idea that the real Borg are still out there, which we didn't know. They said that nobody's heard from the Borg in 10 years, which is well beyond Voyager's finale. So there's so they didn't kill them in that, uh, but now they are still out there. And the guardians at the gate that uh, you know Gerardi's Borg, you think that they might show up and try to rehabilitate these other Borg to connect these two seasons together? But yeah, I'm sorry, that's sort of a, a rant. But there's just so much going on with the Borg and with several seasons of Picard. And Jack, mm-hmm. I just don't. So that's my. I don't have it on post-it note, but that's my list of unresolved yeah. stuff. If if Eleanor is still on the Excelsior, he's been assimilated. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he was on that specific ship. That was a while ago in in universe time, well, so he might not be there anymore. But yeah, but we'll still people ex- still might be. But the Excelsior blew up in this episode, didn't it? Uh, maybe it wasn't the Excelsior. They, they were remote controlled. They were yeah, broadcasting yeah, yeah. on ninety nine Delta. Yeah, maybe it was a different ship. Uh, well, in any case. Elnor got assimilated is the main point of it. Mm, yeah. If he's still still around. Yeah. So, yep. Although, who knows how Romulan brains develop. Maybe they're good. Well, uh, okay. That's, uh, the 25 thing was a lot of people latch on to the number exactly. But it's like what Beverly said was when the brain stops doing anything about 25. Sure. In humans. So it could be anything for anybody else. Sure. That's valid. Uh, or even humans too. Whew. Well, so I like surrender a lot more than Vox, but I think Vox needs its the next one to be whole. 
I liked both uh, episodes. I liked how Vox brought back the Enterprise and Surrender brought back Data. I, to your point about the next episode, though, it did occur to me, you and I have set up this staggered broadcast schedule for this season of the podcast where we're recording after every odd-numbered episode. And historically, the first two episodes and the last two episodes need to go together. And the middle six, you can sort of just consume at your will. So it, you're right. We are sort of recording this episode of Transporter Lock in the middle of a two-parter almost. Uh-huh. And we did. We actually did that a lot by accident. Yeah, it happens. But Because it's three-parters, two-parters. Ten-parter. I mean, this was part uh-huh. nine. And uh, I already shared with Dana last week the n- name of the final episode. Do you know what it is? No, it's still on memory, memory Alpha. It still says yet to be announced. Do you want me to tell you? Sure. Well, the first episode of this season was The Next Generation. Uh-huh. The last episode of this season is The Last Generation. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's all about the kids. It's all about them. Yeah. Uh, well, see, the millennials are safe. It's the Gen Zers I got to watch out for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the old people who are going to save the world. <laughs> unlike the world we currently live in. Uh, there's lots of talk about this last episode sets up the possibility for lots of spin-offs. Great. We're getting Starfleet Academy. We are. But that's a, that's a future. That's a disco. Yep. Spin-off. Yeah. Season three, four disco, not season one, two disco. Yeah. Yeah. Disco. Wow. Strange New Worlds. Actually, Disco's had two spin-offs then. Uh, oh, yeah. Strange, Strange New, New Worlds. Worlds and Starfleet and, uh, Academy. Uh-huh. Fine well, by me. That's, that's more than anyone else can say. <laughs> well... McCoy was on the first episode of TNG. Picard was on the first episode of DS9. Cisco was on the first episode of Voyager. So you could say they were all TOS spinoffs. I mean, I guess you could say every Star Trek is a TOS spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, yep. we talked a long time, about two episodes. We had a lot to say. Um, yeah. And we yeah. got one more to go. And we can talk about how that wraps up everything. Yeah. Uh, in the season. And until that episode, we have one more thing to say. Did it. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and keep your hailing frequencies open by following us on Twitter at TransporterLock or subscribing to our podcast and email newsletter at TransporterLock.com. Hello and welcome to TransporterLock. Your up-to-date source on all i i said told ken i'm just gonna wing this so <laughs> your up-to-date source on all things trek that happened and nope nope i don't got it we're not gonna wing it that way